Every single time Hunter wakes up from a nap these days, he's asking for a snack and it's usually a fruit snack. And I used to say heck no to all kinds of fruit snacks and goodies like that because I hated all of the artificial dyes, harmful ingredients, and the ridiculous amount of sugar that they have. And while I still am a big proponent in not having all of those things all the time, I find so much hope in knowing that Thrive Market has me covered and has Hunter covered for not just all of those sweet fun treats, but also other essentials while keeping him safe and healthy. And it's honestly become a fun little tradition for Michael and I to sit down and pick out our Thrive Market order. They're so amazing and such our go-to for delicious snacks and pantry essentials and so much more. Their app is so easy to use and everything is delivered to our doorstep in a matter of days, which drastically reduces my stress level because making time to go to the grocery store is my least favorite thing to do. Plus, I'm obsessed with their standards. They restrict literally 1,000 plus harmful ingredients and they only allow the most trusted ingredients for you. I mean, even last order, I saved $20 and got an incredible deal on the poppy probiotic sodas that I love. Plus, it's not just good for your family. When you join Thrive Market, they also gift a membership to a family in need, which is the greatest. So let's save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash truthtalks for 30% off your first order. Plus, you get a $60 gift for free. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash truth talks. Thrive market.com slash truth talks. Hi sis. Welcome to Truth Talks with Tara. The purpose behind this podcast and online ministry is to help beautiful women like yourself know, love, and live God's truth. Not only will this be a space of truthful, faith-filled talks, it will also be a place where we let God's word speak for itself because God's truth speaks. My name is Tara and I'm your host, but you can call me your sister. Join me each week as we talk about the truth of God's word and how it can ignite us with purpose. We'll talk about God's word, how we're called to live, challenging topics and grow in faith together. My prayer is that God would use this podcast to encourage and equip our hearts. Let's be women who love his truth, live his truth and spread his truth. Hello, hello, my lovely friend. You're listening to another episode of Truth Talks with Tara. Thank you so much for tuning into yet another encouraging chat. Or if you're new here, thank you so much for showing up. I pray that this episode helps you know, love, and live God's word even deeper for yourself. In today's episode, I had the pleasure of sitting down and chatting with one of my favorite online friends, Taylor Sandy, from the Taylor Life blog. Taylor is a dynamic woman of God, hard worker, and an overflowing resource full of encouragement and wisdom. As you can tell by the title of this episode, we are talking about a hot topic, money, finances, tithing, budgeting, and all of the good stuff from a Christian perspective. Basically, how to steward the money God has given us well, no matter where you're at in your career or your life or even how old you are. This is a topic that we all as Christians wish we had more biblical insight on, so I'm just overjoyed that we're finally talking about it. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Taylor. Hey, Taylor. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for saying yes and joining me here on the podcast today. Hey, Tara. Thanks so much for having me. I am super excited about this. 
Oh my gosh, you're like one of my favorite people to follow online for like so many reasons. So I feel really honored to have you on today. Um, before we start chatting on the topic that we're going to be diving in today, I would love it if you could introduce yourself to our friends listening. Tell us a bit about who you are, what you do, and all that goodness. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, first off, my name is Taylor. I run the lifestyle and motivational blog called The Tailored Life on Instagram. Um, I've been showing up there for about two years now and absolutely love it. Mm -hmm. However, it is not my full-time job. I actually work in sales for a cybersecurity company in Austin, Texas. Um, I am married to my high school sweetheart. We've been living in the Austin area for almost three years now, which is absolutely crazy. And then we also just got a new puppy um, just a couple months ago. So definitely keeping us on our toes. <laughs> I love that. I also really love that I know all of that stuff just through the internet. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so awesome. It's seriously the best to find these genuine sisters in Christ. Um, I have one last icebreaker for you. Um, I've been asking all of my sweet guests so far, just kind of like a random question to get us started. So if you would, do you have like a favorite thing that you're currently loving that you could share with us so that like we can start loving it too? <laughs> okay, yes. So I recently have become very, very, very obsessed with a new makeup brand and it's called Trini London. And it Ooh. is a UK-based brand. Um, I found her on Instagram. Her actual name is Trini Woodall, um, the owner and founder. And what I love about it, so I'm not like a huge makeup person. I don't wear a ton of makeup. I like things to look super natural. And all of her products are like so, so easy to use. I think it maybe takes me like two minutes to put my makeup on in the morning because of this stuff. Um, and it's just like really natural color and really easy to match your skin tone. There's like a quiz online that you can take that made it so easy. Like everything matches perfectly with my skin type, which is great. So that is something that I have absolutely been loving and have spent way too much money on, but something <laughs> that I do not regret at all. How long have you been using this? I literally have never heard of this company. I need to check it out. I think like maybe three weeks, maybe three or four weeks. Um, it's very new to me. My mom is the one that introduced me to it. And she was following Trini on Instagram. And she does all these like really fun IGTVs where she teaches you like a little bit about style and fashion too. So how to like rewear things from the summer and transition them into winter. But she like throws in her makeup with it. So it's real natural, not super pushy. But every time I watch her put the makeup on, I'm like, that is so amazing. Like, for example, like one of her products is a lip to cheek. So it's not only a lipstick, Ooh, but yeah. also a blush in one, which I'm like, this just makes my life so much easier. <laughs> I don't have to match things like she already did it for me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. I'm super in it because like, I actually really like wearing makeup, but at the same time, I'm realizing that like, I really don't want it to take that long. And so having products like that, or even just like super natural, Okay, that sounds really good. You guys, I'm gonna link it in the show notes. It sounds silly, but like, I think we all need to check out this makeup brand. So thanks, Taylor. I'm very excited about that. Um, so I'm super excited though, guys, to jump into this hot topic of money, finances, and tithing because Taylor and I both feel like it truly needs to be talked about more in Christian circles. And when I was praying over someone to chat with this topic about 
Taylor really came to my mind first. So Taylor, let's just dive in without further ado. Would you mind just like setting the tone for us and telling us a bit about your life growing up? Like give us a little bit of a behind the scenes and specifically how you were raised to view money. Yeah, absolutely. So this might take a little bit of time because family was like very intentional and transparent when it came to money growing up. Um, And so it gave me a lot of responsibility at a really young age. I think that it was really uncommon for people to be handling money uh, in middle school, which is when my parents like first introduced me to it. Um, I think that's when I first got uh, a check card in middle school. I love that. I don't really remember like what age exactly, but I just remember that when we would have like those occasional half days in middle school, we would go to lunch with friends and I would use my check card to pay for my lunch or whatever. And I would pull out my little checkbook and I would balance my account right then and there. So that kind of got started. That's how I got started, like handling my own money and making sure that I was like responsible with what I had in my account, what I could spend, when I needed to notify my parents if I needed more, like things like that at a really young age. And then I got my first credit card in high school um, once I got my license and I would only use it to pay for my gas. Um, So I also learned not only how to develop a really great credit score, but also make sure to pay off, you know, that money monthly and things like that. Um, And then also, you know, my parents really taught me how to save. So anytime that I would get money as a gift, whether it was for a birthday or whatever the situation Mm -hmm. was, I would put it right into my savings account. Um, Growing up, um, a lot of you might not know this, but I played soccer very competitively starting at age nine. And it really just took up a lot of my time. So growing up, I did not have time to get a part-time job and try to make money to um, you know, do anything like that. So I had to be very responsible with what I did have. Um, another kind of aspect to that is I also had like a couple small businesses um, when I was younger, of course, did the occasional lemonade stand. But in elementary school, I remember that I sold these really cute, colorful watches and I would literally bring them to school <laughs> and try that. to sell them to my friends. And then I would go to people's <laughs> houses and like sit down with their mom and like show them the watches. I sold candles and flowers, and, like did a bunch of small, like odd jobs growing up and like really just learn um, the value of hard work and how to earn a living. So what's funny is that all of those lessons growing up Now that I'm an adult and that I'm married, I am actually the one that handles all of our budget and money. Uh, Something else that's kind of funny is that all of the women in our family do the same thing. So um, outside of the one time a month that Adam and I talk about our finances, he has no idea what our account looks like. He's he's just not a numbers person. Uh, I don't say that in a negative way. We all have different gifts and strengths, and I'm just very detail-oriented and analytical and numbers-focused, so I don't mind oh, yeah. doing that. Um, but, you know, obviously we talk about those goals and giving each month and then the yearly evaluations, but other than that, it is all me. <laughs> wow, I love that. And I, I kind of find, like, something similar in our situation. Like, again, not to talk negatively about Michael, but, like, I kind of have a similar, like, history with money, too. And so when we've been talking about it, since we're getting married in a couple months, I'm like, well, I – would definitely love to do the finances if you want. I mean, obviously you'll have the input and like 
the like we're 50 50 you know um on this but I love that right yeah and it, it's something that Adam I mean he doesn't stress about it thankfully he trusts me to handle all of that honestly I always joke with him that our bills would not get paid if Adam was in charge of it. <laughs> so um, I've really grown to love it. And because I am a numbers person, it's something that like gets me, you know, kind of amped up when we do save a certain amount or whatever, but kind of tying it into faith. And I was telling you a little bit um, prior to this conversation, but even though, you know, as Christians, we're told to steward our money and be responsible with that and give it back to the Lord. I had never really, from a biblical perspective, like really dove into the Bible and like what it says mm. uh, and how that ties into how I handle my money. And yeah. thank goodness the verses that I've pulled through and the stuff that I was um, kind of researching and looking for do align with the way that my parents um, raised me, which maybe that was intentional. I'm hoping and praying that it was. Maybe it was an accident. I'm not really sure. Um, but two verses um, that kind of connect between, you know, our faith and money and how we should handle it. And the, the two that come to mind in regards to this first question is Luke 16, 11 through 12. And it says, if then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust you to the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? And then Luke 12 at 34, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So, you know, the way that I look at money now is that if I can't even be faithful with what I'm given today and be responsible with what I have right now, how in the world can I ever be trusted with more down the line? Um, and so this applies to everything though, not just money. Um, and I yeah. know that money can easily become an idol and I try my best not to obsess over my finances, but I am a very competitive <laughs> person. So this is kind of hard for me. I'm always trying to push the limit and try to save more, but I have to remind myself that at any time it could be gone and that I right. need to hold that loosely because at the end of the day, it's not mine, it's God's and he can do whatever he wants with it. So um, that's yeah. kind of my mindset and how it's evolved from a really young age of being, you know, responsible with money and then to now being married and the way that I look at it. Yeah, I loved that. And I love how you said it really just like the mindset of God entrusting us to certain things because my mom was telling me actually before I record this episode, I was telling her about the topic and she's like, yeah, she's like, I always have to remember that the money that I have and not even just money, like you said, literally everything, but specifically when we're talking about money, it's all God's. And I think that's hard to remember sometimes because like you said, we get in our mentality that this is ours. It's in our bank account under our name, you know, Adam and Taylor, Sandy, you know, our money. But then realizing that God has given us and entrusted us these things and he doesn't literally have any reason to give us these things, but he has. And there's actually deeper purposes for us to use our money. It's not just God saying, I want I want you to have this money so you can put food on your table. Sure, that's it. But there's also other reasons why we have money. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. I did want to ask you too, though, because I'm just so excited about what you're bringing to the table here because, no, seriously, like, because especially for me going into marriage soon, like that's going to be a whole new level of organizing money. But for everyone here, um, do you feel like over the years you found a difference between how the world views money and then how we're called to steward money as Christians? Is there a difference you've found there? Um, yes. And uh, immediately what comes to mind is, 
a story about my first job out of college. So um, it's just kind of like a visual representation of the difference between the world and the way that God calls us to steward our mm-hmm. money. So um, right out of college, I worked for a very, very large corporation. Um, everyone in my role had just graduated from college, so we were all learning how to be an adult at the exact same time. And something that always shocked me is that when it came to payday, obviously we we're all excited to get paid. It's our first job. It's fun having that money hit the bank account. But what I really noticed is that as the weeks went on, the people that were sitting around me would be like, I mean, super anxious for payday. And I would always be like, why are you like this excited about payday? Like what's going on that you're this excited about it? And they could not wait to get paid because they only had you know, a certain amount of money in their account and they needed to pay Mm -hmm. rent or they needed to go visit their family and they didn't have enough money to pay for travel or whatever. And I had to stop and think because I'm like, we're all getting paid the exact same. Like our salaries were the same. And I didn't ever understand why they never had enough money in their account by the time payday came. And I was always saving. So I'm like, why is this different? I don't really Mm -hmm. understand. And after I kind of evaluated our lifestyles I'm like we look at money at a completely different way um because of our faith or lack thereof so that was kind of my first like real life experience of people handling it different than me but it's because their priorities are different right so when you are a believer your priorities are no longer materialistic things or experiences or whatever and that's not to say that those things are bad, right? The Lord can bless us through material things or experiences here on earth. And he wants to do that, but that's not our sole purpose for having money. (laughs) Oh no, absolutely. Yeah. Um, the story that I really want to go with this and it kind of ties into the first question too, but the parable about the bags of gold, um, where one man received five bags, another two and another got one. And it says in the Bible, they each got one according to his ability. So God Mm -hmm. specifically gave those people a certain amount of gold based on what they were capable of. And (laughs) I just love this story so much because We all compare ourselves to one another in our story and in our finances and just in about every aspect in our life. But God gives us exactly what we can handle Mm, at that moment. So um, in this story, if you're unfamiliar with it, uh, for anyone listening, um, the man with five bags went and put the money to work and gained five more. Um, Then the one with two bags went out and put it to work and gained two more. But the man that had one bag of gold went off dug a hole in the ground and hid the money. And then the ones who went and gained more bags of gold came back to the master and the master said, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Mm -hmm. And I just love this story so much because no matter what I do, I try to grow the current wealth that I have, obviously, and steward my money well, so that at the end of my life, I can be told, well done, good and faithful servant. And I think that is like the main difference between believers and non-believers in the way that we handle our money or should handle our money. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. 
2024 has simultaneously felt like the longest and shortest year. Our little family has gone through so many highs and lows and joys and valleys. I mean, Hunter's growing up so crazy and our calendars are so crazy. And this is usually the time of year where so many of us give up on our New Year's resolutions. And while some of mine have not panned out, to be honest, there are some that have. I am personally really proud of my consistent workout routine this year. It has been something that has been so off and on since having Hunter. It's also given me so much mental clarity to be physically active. I'm also really proud that I have instilled regular rhythms of rest in my life and not just rest when I'm burnt out, which was usually the norm. When life moves so quickly, let's just slow down and celebrate our little wins and move forward in faith and make adjustments for the rest of the year. This is your little mid-year check-in. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and set achievable goals for the rest of the year. So if you're thinking about giving therapy a try, try BetterHelp to keep you on track. It's entirely online, so it flows with your lifestyle, and you can select a therapist that fits your needs and beliefs, but also feel the freedom to switch at any time to find the best match. Therapy gives you the space to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and process it, which can be really hard on your own. So visit betterhelp.com slash truth talks today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash truth talks. Yeah. Wow. I love how you brought up that parable too, because I guess when I've read it too, I love hearing, um, I mean, obviously the truth remains in every like for every person in the Bible, um, not like there's different meanings for people, but I'm just saying that like, it's cool to see what you gleaned from that. Because when I read that passage, I have never really thought about the fact that God has given them the exact amount that he knew that they were capable of. And I've looked at other people in my life too, and seen they're, the, they're my same age. They're making so much more money than Michael and I are. And I get really upset and I compare. But then to remember that God knows exactly what is enough for me. He knows what I can handle in this current season. He knows what Taylor can handle. He knows what you can handle. And it's pretty awesome to think about it that way. And especially how you said that the difference between the world and then us as believers is that their priorities are to hoard and be selfish when we're actually called to be selfless and to be faithful and to actually, how are we using that money? Are we using it for ourselves or are we using it for the advancement of his kingdom and how God wants us to use that? And so I just really love how you broke that down. That was, that was really awesome. And your story was really like a really good illustration for that too. So that was awesome. Another hot topic I think that can be easily overlooked as well, but that a lot of people have questions about is tithing. So personally, it took me a long time to see tithing as an act of worship, trust, and love for God. Uh, A long time, I saw it as something, quote unquote, that I had to do, right? Growing up in a Christian home, I'm sure maybe you felt the same way in your lifetime. It was more legalistic for me. But let's dig down to the roots and what God says about it in the Bible. So would you mind just kind of giving us like a little bit of a baseline of what tithing is and what the Bible says about it? Because we hear it a lot, whether we are, we've been Christians for our whole life or not. So maybe lay the groundwork for us. Yeah, definitely. Um, when I was kind of diving into this, um, in terms of prep on like how God views money, tithing Mm -hmm. was actually the one topic that is probably the most, um, 
what's the word that I want to use? I don't want to say divisive, but like uh, controversial is the word I'm looking for. Because even though the Bible has really clear examples, there are a lot of ways that people refute um, tithing and what you should do or shouldn't do or what have you. So first, to start off, um, tithing literally means 10th. So um, it refers to giving 10% of your earnings back to God. So um, a verse that goes with that is Proverbs 3, 9. It says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruit of all your crops. Leviticus 27, 30 says, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord and it is holy to the Lord. So um, the way that I look at these two verses and kind of tithing is that everything in the world is God's. The Bible says this over and over and over again, that yeah. there nothing is ours in this world. It's all God's, even our possessions. So when you have a biblical view and mindset on money, you will realize that it's not even yours yeah. in the first yeah. place. God asks us to be generous and to have a cheerful heart when you're giving and to give the first of our fruits. It should be our baseline of giving back to God so that it can be used by God. Um, So, you know, I like to look at money as a tool. So essentially it's a vehicle to get you places that you couldn't go before, but it's also a tool used to bless Mm, others. Um, My friend Erica actually has a really great perspective on money uh, and accumulating wealth. And the way that she explained it to me is that She wants to have Mm. much so that she can give much. Mm. Even though God gives us all different um, amounts of wealth or finances or what have you according to our ability, that doesn't mean we can't handle Mm. more necessarily. He gives us that money so that we can go love people the way that Christ loved the church. Money helps us do that. So, um, you know, I know that there are a lot of people that might think, well, I don't even have a lot of money to start with, so I can't really give. Well, I mean, (laughs) I don't want to be harsh. And I know that I technically like knock on wood. Oh my gosh. Every time I say something like this, it comes back to bite me in the butt later. But thankfully I have not in my life to this point been in a really stressful financial situation, but In the Bible, I don't have the verse pulled up, but it came to my mind, so I'm going to share it anyway. The woman that literally gave all that she had left, the two coins, (laughs) literally gave it to God. She had nothing. And God blessed her. I think it was tenfold. I don't even remember what the, the number was, but God blesses your faithfulness. So when you give your tithes or offerings or whatever you want to call it back to God, he is going to bless you one way or another. It might not be exactly financially or materialistic wise, but he might bless you spiritually or emotionally or physically or what have you. So that's the way that I kind of look at tithing. And even on the months that I'm like, we didn't make that much this month. I really don't want to give. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. You're called to give 10% of that no matter what. Um, and it's a way God can use your penny or your $10,000. Like it doesn't matter how much you have. He can use it. Something else that I, I really enjoy about my church that I go to in Austin. Um, and and this is kind of funny too, because if you're a Christian, um, I always remember you would pray the one day that you brought your friend to church, that it wouldn't be the sermon on money. (laughs) 
And the thing that I love about our church that we go to right now is that money is a conversation every single week. So before we dive into a sermon, someone will go up on stage, they'll give like a really, really short, quick message on how God views money, what the posture of our heart should be, and direct it towards tithing and offerings. And they've really demonstrated that giving is a part of being a believer and teaches us that it should be a part of our daily thoughts and actions. So not only that, but they send out newsletters and yearly recaps of what the church had accomplished mm-hmm. that year. So wow. not only are you just giving out of faith, but you're getting to see tangible ways that God was using your faithfulness <laughs> to impact the kingdom on a greater level than what you would be able to do on an individual level. So I just love wow. that that gives you kind of that physical, tangible way in how God can use your faithfulness from a monetary standpoint. Yeah. Wow. I loved how you broke that down. And like you said, like tithing is more about like our trust and our love and our honor for God than it is basically what you give. Like you gave the example of actually, I have it written down, the uh, the story of the woman with the copper coins. It's um, You guys can read it in Mark 12, 41 through 44. It's just three verses where they're talking about this. Uh, I was actually just reading it through before we started recording. And it's true. Like Taylor said, if you have one penny, if you have 10,000 dollars or pennies, <laughs> it, I mean, it doesn't matter. It's, it's one of those hard things that it's hard for, it's hard for me to say that to you. I don't know where where you are as a listener, where you are at with your financial position. But the truth of the matter is when we accept Jesus Christ into our heart, we are called to so many different standards and not to these scary standards, but he's inviting us into this new awesome way of living. And one of those things is the way we give. And Taylor, let's, I know you kind of touched on it when you were talking, but let's just um, make, let's just emphasize why does God actually ask us to tithe? Is he asking us because he wants to deplete our resources or what? why does he ask us to do it? Is there a reason that he asks us to give our 10% or more? Yeah, the perspective of God and being able to be faithful with your money and why he asks us to do that. I mean, honestly, it comes back to dependence on him um, and the fact that it's not our money. And um, I really like the emphasis on giving our first first of our fruits, right? So my mom would always give me the example of like trying to dumb it down when I was younger. Um, For example, like when I would be playing with a friend or something and my mom's like, you don't want to give your friend the toy that you hate over in the back corner that you never touch. You want to give your friend the best toy that they would love to play with and whatever. So she would always bring it back to like, you don't want to give someone the crappiest of your crop. If you're not giving God your absolute best, it's really just saying, I don't trust you. Um, So that's the way that I kind of look at that. And when God is asking us to give back to him, one, it, it requires our dependence and trust in him. And then two, it kind of humbles ourselves and kind of removes that, um, idol that we've placed in our life that the more money we acquire, the better off we'll be and the happier we'll be and the more people will love me and whatever. And it kind of takes that whole aspect out of it. And it's like, well, let's take a step back. This is mine, not yours. (laughs) Like I want to bless you with those things, but you giving that back to me reminds you every single month or year or how often you tithe that this is mine and I'm going to bless the kingdom with it. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I 100% echo all you said. And I think something cool to add too is that over and over in the Bible, when they talk about tithing, God also says that he will bless us through it. And I'm not saying that we should go into tithing or giving to the Lord or to our churches so that we will get blessed. That is not the way that this works. That's not how he asked us to do it. But when we're coming from a place like Taylor said of dependence and trust and just recognizing that all of it's from God and that it's just a blessing in itself, an undeserved blessing, when we surrender that we surrender our trust and our dependence to the lord he will bless us and like taylor said earlier that could be in any way in your life so i think that's also a really good point to touch on because i think sometimes it's easy for us to think okay i'm just gonna do it i'm just gonna tithe because it's something to check off my spiritual list and god will give me you know he'll give me applause or he'll give me maybe he'll give me more money and so just doing it out of a posture of dependence and worship really that we have to sometimes make a habit and that actually kind of leads us into kind of our last section of this awesome like seriously power-packed conversation um, and I would love Taylor if you could give us maybe some advice for us and the lovely ladies listening um, just to get really practical with tithing or budgeting or just honoring the Lord with our money what advice do you have for us specifically as Christian women when it comes to navigating money and finances, um, do you mind sharing any budgeting or tithing tips you've found to be helpful? Yeah. Um, so first, I want to start with saying that it's okay to start small. Yeah. <laughs> being faithful in the small things, being diligent, and just starting somewhere. I think a lot of people get overwhelmed with money very easily and how to earn it, save it, spend it, invest it, give it. There's so many different things that you can do with your money and there's so many different moving parts. And I just want to remind you all that it's, it's okay not to perfect all of these things within the next week, like right after you finish this <laughs> podcast episode. Right. So um, if you don't really know where to start, I suggest following Dave Ramsey. He, he has a really great biblical yeah. view of money and how to steward your money. Um, but in terms of budgeting, um, the way that I do it each month, I have a spreadsheet in Excel. <laughs> All good things Love start it. with spreadsheets. Love it. Yes. <laughs> And I start off with all of my absolute must have, like must have to pay every single month. I start with that. I put out what the general cost of those things are each month um, and basically all of my expenses in a column. Uh, and then I have some miscellaneous things down at the bottom. Um, obviously, we just added dogs. So now I just had to put a new dog column in there right. <laughs> because that is a way more additional expenses than I was expecting. <laughs> Um, but when it comes down to like budgeting in general, obviously you want to make sure you have more income than you do expenses. So yeah. starting off by figuring out what you have to pay for each and every month and then subtracting yeah. that from your income, that is a good way to realize you know, what your goal should be going forward in regards to saving. So if you want to try to save 10% of your income every month, try to set that aside as your expenses. Like don't just look at what you saved at the very end of the month and you're like, oh, well, I'm only going to put $100 in my savings mm -hmm. this month because I spent too much on clothes or what have you. Like try to be very disciplined in what you're wanting to accomplish. Set out, you know, a goal for yourself that is attainable and achievable and then start to you know, grow and adapt as you 
get better and more disciplined and start figuring out that routine for yourself. I do have, I don't want to do a shameless plug, but, but I do have a blog post already on budgeting tips. It's very, very, very detailed in regards to what to think about when it comes to budgeting, how to save, how to pay off debt. Um, Adam and I are very lucky to not have any debt outside of our mortgage right now. Um, and I think that's because growing up, we were both very disciplined in the way that we handled our money and it paid off. Thank goodness. There's a lot of sacrifice that coming that comes with you know, being financially well off and being um, a good steward of your money. Um, so I'm not saying that this is going to be easy and that it's just going to be one big ball of fun because unfortunately <laughs> money is difficult and painful, but can also be a really great vehicle too. That's going to be my first thing. Um, but kind of aside from the budgeting and the tithing, I just want to tell you all to stop comparing yourself to others. I said it a little mm. bit earlier, but we all start out yeah. at different places with our money. So it's in my opinion, it's a little bit ridiculous to compare your financial journey to the person next to you or even someone on social media that seems to have mm. all the great things and you start feeling like you need those things too. Just be faithful with what you have right now <laughs> in very yes. small decisions. God is going to bless you because of your faith and trust in him. You don't have to have the nicest material things in order to be happy. In fact, most of the people I know that are happiest don't. Or if they do, they know that it's because it's not where their joy comes from. So yeah, obviously absolutely. there are things in the world that are fun to acquire or have. And you know you shouldn't be ashamed to admire those things or desire them. But there are, you know... Definitely things that God uses to bless us or enjoy, but make sure you're just not putting those things as idols in your heart and mind and realize that God is the source of your joy and your peace and your contentment and yeah. money is not going to fix any of your problems. So if you yeah. think it's going to, it's probably not going to. Or if anything, sometimes it might make it more difficult. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Start being faithful in the small things. Start taking small steps towards being a good steward of your finances um, and asking God, you know, the ways that you can be better or where you might be making an idol of some things or cutting out an area that you struggle the most with um, and really just evaluating what you struggle the most with, where your strengths are and trying to figure out a good game plan and how to improve going forward and honoring the Lord with your money. Yeah, absolutely. That was really tangible. I think you centered it really well too around just keeping our main focus on just honoring the Lord in it. One more thing I was going to ask is I get a lot of questions. I was actually kind of surprised. That's why I thought of this podcast topic, but I was actually kind of surprised. I had some girls in the DMs ask me, you know, how to tithe when they don't have like any money or even if they don't even have a job like what if they just have little side things that mom gives them or you know um just really inconsistent jobs what would you say to a girl who really wants to tithe she wants to after listening to this episode honor the lord give him her first fruits no matter what it is maybe be that woman with the two copper coins how would you encourage her in her tithing journey now that she really has that heart posture down but wants to you know actually practically live it out yeah absolutely so um, obviously the first thing that we think of when we tithe is money. Like that's the easiest way that we can process, you know, giving our first back to God. However, 
I mean, when I was growing up, I, I told you guys I, I didn't have a job where I was technically earning an income. So I didn't really have anything to give per se, <laughs> except right. for my time. So I really, really, really love serving and volunteering in any way that I can. Obviously, as I've gotten older, it's much more difficult to make time for those things. However, it is always some of the best memories that I have is giving back to others, right? God calls us to be generous and have a generous and cheerful heart when we give. It does not have to be money solely. So the way that I would view it, if you are not earning an income or you you don't want to start off with a financial tithe if you're just like trying to dip your toes in the water, I would definitely advise you to somehow find a way to volunteer. Um, The holidays, there are so many different ways that you can give back without having to give any money. I know that um, a lot of churches around Thanksgiving and Christmas not only provide meals for those families for the holidays, but also um, provide gifts, but you can assemble the boxes, you can um, go to a food bank, and that costs zero money at all. And not only are you going to be helping someone who needs it, but your heart is going to be so filled. Like I just remember... When my parents would, you know, teach me how to be a cheerful giver and we would all go volunteer together, it was so dang fun seeing the look on people's faces when you were dedicating your time to help them when they didn't ask you to do that, but you're, Mm -hmm. you are the hands and feet of Jesus. And that does not just mean that your finances are, but you physically are as well. Um, So that would be a really good way, in my opinion, to kind of give your best back to the Lord, even if it's not in a financial way. Yeah, absolutely. I love how you emphasize that too, because I think it can be intimidating. I always had a job growing up because my family has this business. And so my family always hired me. I always had jobs, but I also didn't, you know, when you're younger too, I didn't make a lot. And so I think it was really hard for me to, it was really easy for me to hold on to it and realizing that just working on that heart posture, starting with the foundation of like building on that trust and dependence on the Lord and realizing what tithing really is, what giving really is. And then as the Lord blesses you as you get older and hopefully make some money, that will overflow into how you handle your money and steward it, like Taylor was telling us. That was amazing. I'm seriously like really encouraged by this episode and I'm definitely going to go back and listen to it multiple times to write down all this information. Taylor, I just want to say a huge thank you for taking your time out of your busy schedule. I know how busy you are, but to encourage us on the podcast today from myself and our listeners, I'm just really appreciative of your biblically rooted and encouraging just self. This episode was really valuable and so centered around honoring the Lord with all we have. So I'm just really excited about what he's going to do in our hearts with this. Um, But before we close out this episode, would you mind telling us where our listeners can find, follow, and connect with you online, how they can listen and follow you for more faith-based encouragement and lifestyle? Yeah, for sure. So where I am the most active, and I'm sure most of you are active on this platform as well, is Instagram. My handle is the Tailored Life blog. Um, So I am very active in stories on there as well as in my feed. And then you can find me on my website, uh, thetailoredlifeblog.com. And you can subscribe to my newsletter. I occasionally send out a fun email with life updates and tips and tricks and new blog posts that I have out and just all the good things. So those are probably the main ways that you could find me in today's social media realm. (laughs) 
Love it. Perfect. Well, you guys, I will have Taylor's, um, let's see here. Oh, her budgeting blog post that she mentioned earlier. I'll have that and all of her social media and all of the things linked in the show notes. So you can make sure to go follow her. What I love about following Taylor is that I feel like sometimes when people give practical tips, it kind of seems a little bit fluffy. Like I don't really know how practical this will be. Is it actually grounded in anything substantial? But what I love about Taylor, where I was going with this, is that I love that Everything that she shares, you know, it's rooted in first her faith in the Lord and then also just really backed up and it's actually tangible. Like you can take what she writes or shares in her emails or her blog posts or whatever and actually like implement it. So that's really encouraging, Taylor. I just really appreciate you and I love today's conversation. Thank you so much for being on the show. Yes, thanks so much for having me. I absolutely loved having this conversation with not only you, but all of your listeners. And I hope that it was encouraging and that there were some good tangible takeaways for um, all of you to start implementing or at least start praying and thinking about um, in your free time. Absolutely. Well, I love you, girl. Thank you so much again. We'll talk soon. Wow. Wasn't that conversation so encouraging and challenging? I am so thankful that Taylor took the time to speak into money, budgeting, tithing, parts of our lives as Christians that can be kind of uncomfortable or confusing or frustrating to talk about. I hope that it was something that you can take away and just really spend time with the Lord considering I know that I am and it's challenged me in the best ways to know how to honor the Lord with my money even better. If you enjoyed today's episode, again, please make sure to leave a rating and review in Apple Podcasts. It would mean the most to have your genuine support when podcast reviews are left. It helps this podcast reach more ears for Christ, reach in the charts, which evidently will reach more ears and hearts for the Lord. That is the goal, is just to reach more people with God's truth. And I am so overwhelmed, and I can never thank you enough for partnering with me in that way. Ooh, and if you loved today's episode as much as I did, make sure to take a screenshot wherever you're listening in, tag myself, the podcast, and Taylor. We would love to thank you personally for listening in. You are simply the best. I just love getting to sit down and talk with you, dive into God's word, and invite other amazing guests on. Thank you again for taking the time, sacrificing parts of your day to meet with us here and to be encouraged in God's truth. I'll see you in next week's episode. Love you, friend.